to the dice man. It is. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, this is a waste of Andrew Dice Clay's various <laughs> talents, uh, this movie. S- sentences um, that no human being has ever spoken. Spoken. Speaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody be speaking this. This. What a phenomenal waste of, of. Can I say something? Yes. I like this guy. Yeah. I'm enjoying the him. Um, between Ford Fairlane and then him in... When when they let him do his thing yeah. in this movie... <laughs> briefly. He's enjoyable. Yeah, briefly. He's, I mean, that's, what the... I, that's what I said last episode, that he had... Uh, he had so much promise to be, like, a big uh, leading man. And yeah. It just, things just went wrong, and now he's doing... Like, this is the middle period and uh I, I, what he does after this is even less anything it's nothing this movie was direct to video yes and we're going down from that <laughs> what a disgrace it's so sad this is the it's, biggest there's, this there's is so reasons, sad of my life like i know i'm 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 heartbroken as well like it just <laughs> I, I mean, it is. It has echoes of when, like, Polly Shore's movie character became not the weasel. Right. There was a similar situation, but at least they still like let him cook a little bit. <laughs> yeah. In those, like, those movies were worse than this. Like, this mm-hmm. is a perfectly average movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is not a terrible movie by <clears throat> all means. It's it goes down very easy. It's a bizarre movie that averages out to be perfectly average yeah it's just not an andrew dice clay Mm -hmm. movie despite him being yeah the main character (laughs) yeah despite him being the titular brain smasher a love story um he is the brain smasher and i was at first like in the first like 20 minutes of this movie i was excited for him to be the brain smasher yeah he had the jacket that said brain smasher on it come on yes be, were, I need um, to get myself a jacket that says "fuck warlock" on the back. <laughs> it would be good. That would be really good. Yeah, yeah. Get you one that says "corrupt version." <laughs> <laughs> like every t- when he's on screen, I that was when I perked up and I went, "Oh, the movie's good again." And then yeah, but most it's a Terry Hatcher movie. This isn't is. this isn't the Dice Man. It's, uh, this is Brain Smasher, a love story, directed by, uh... An Albert, Albert Pune joint. Albert Pune joint. Can, could you guess that he also made, like, three other movies in this year? <laughs> could you have guessed that from this movie? We gotta talk about him. We, we gotta save, a like, a significant, yeah. Uh, character. I, uh, the most interesting thing about this movie is what isn't in it. yeah. Uh, I think let's let's I think we gotta like let's talk about the movie itself first okay. and then get to him because like we need to spend ample time on him. Um, <laughs> this like ostensibly this is an ep- episode of the Sick- Sicko and Ebert Andrew Dice Clay season, but this is going to be an episode about Albert Pugh because he's the sicko <laughs> here. He's the real sicko. He Dice Man is barely a sicko. I'm finding. Yeah. 
he's he's too enjoyable. Um, but so yeah, this movie he's is... too act- he's too genuinely talented. Like yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like for being like for having this reputation of being a hack, uh, at comedy he is. Uh, and I mean they said uh, they said a similar thing at um. This this guy named uh, Brian Quimby does uh, does uh, who's the, who does the guys podcast did like a Patreon series where mm-hmm. he talked about uh, what's his face uh, Dane Cook. Oh God! <laughs> where he looked at all of Dane Cook stuff and they mentioned that that like Dane Cook sold out a mm-hmm. comedy uh, like a huge comedy arena like he was also the biggest comedian in a way that only like Andrew Dice Clay being one of the very few examples except that like. Clay is like way more talented and <laughs> charismatic. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I've been rizzed by the Dice Man. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. He, he's fun to watch. He's got a very natural energy. Um, I really like the scenes with his parents. Um. Yes. He has a way of. I don't know how to describe his acting because it doesn't even feel like acting. He feel it feels like he's just doing. It feels like I'm just watching a guy do stuff, but not in yeah. like parentheses affectionate, parentheses admirable. You know, I can watch a I can watch a guy and feel like oh I'm just watching a guy do stuff and it's bad, <laughs> but I'm watching a guy do stuff and it's like I'm watching. I'm watching something that happens to this person every day. You know? I feel like I'm watching an actual thing that would happen yeah. plausibly, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> He's good. He's fun. He's large. Um <laughs> what more could you I think, want? <laughs> I think that might have been his downfall cuz this movie is like halfway to uh um how do I how do I structure the best uh what I'm going to So I looked into the remaining movies mm-hmm. he's made after this. Oh boy. And what seems to be the trajectory is that Fort Fairlane was a comedy. Fort Fairlane utilized his comedic talents to the fullest. Yeah. To maybe maybe in a better way than probably his actual stand was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this movie, this is like still still an action comedy. Yeah, how I would characterize this. Um, but this, unlike Fort Fairlane, which was very, um, very uh, written like for him. Yeah, like it it just fit him perfectly. <clears throat> Absolutely. This one feels like it was a script that Albert Pune had around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he just looked for someone who will will get into reasons why he would have picked Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. But this just has him. Uh he does but he he still like does like a vaguely comedic role, right? Yeah. Uh, everything he's done after this, like his 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 few nineties movies that like he made one more movie in the nineties and then like another one in like two thousand. And in those he just plays complete straight, and he got he got shoehorned into a like Steven Steven Seagal type, uh, like D tier action 
yeah protagonist or antagonist yeah they took the large part and went with that instead yes of the rest of it which is so like sad they, it's like they complete either they or like he probably just it was probably because like pop culturally he fell off so hard yeah that nobody wanted to cast him in a comedy but it's just it i am genuine i am genuinely upset <laughs> That we're not gonna see him in more comedic roles. Maybe we I should know. actually watch. You know what? Hmm. I, I I'm gonna call an audible. <laughs> um, on this, let's let's fucking watch casual sex question mark where he yeah. played a tertiary role. I think that's gonna be a more enjoyable thing for us to watch than whatever else. Yeah, I uh, like no con no contest nineteen ninety five. Also starring Shannon Tweed and Roddy Piper. I don't think, like... Nobody... Who wants to watch this? No Contest is a Sharon... Uh, what's her name? Shannon Tweed. Shannon Tweed. That's a Shannon Tweed movie. Like, yeah. she is the main character of that movie. She is... No Contest is... Uh, I. It is also fully on YouTube. I skipped around a little bit. And it seems to be like a one-on-one knockoff of Die Hard. <laughs> except Shannon Tweed is the Bruce... Willis role and uh it takes place at the beauty contest and uh Andrew Dice Clay is um is Alan Rickman. Uh it is on a very bad quality on YouTube, like way worse than the archive.org org thing for Fort Fairlane. It is like on one forty four P. Great. The the reception section on this movie's Wikipedia page is empty. This section yeah. is empty. You can help by adding to it. July 2022! A year ago! No one has touched this! And who would want to? Yeah. What would humanity gain? We, we, would bring, we would be bringing nothing to the arc of media by looking at No Contest 1995. I can't imagine there is a single thing... This... Because I clicked around it too on on YouTube and saw the, you know, yeah. the fact that it was filmed by an ass onto a fart, um, like, it's the type of movie that's on at like four p.m. and your dad has it on while he's getting over a hangover and like not doing yard work. That's what this movie is. Yeah, it's pathetic. <laughs> it's uh, and we can say that. <laughs> We can say that unseen. Yeah. Um, it's just like just by skipping around. That's yeah. Really not. Uh, it just doesn't look like anything that would be fun to watch or talk about. So. Yeah, there's. We're not gonna do, no contest. And he also did like one more movie with fucking Dom the Don the Dragon Wilson. <laughs> uh, called. I'm on the wrong wikipedia page here fuck <laughs> i clicked around one more uh okay he's on um in the movie so he was in jury duty in a yep, he, cameo yep. i remember that he was in a never released movie called the good life great uh st- starring frank stallone <laughs> Uh, there you go. Dennis Hopper and Andrew Dice Clay. Tremendous. Um, 
Apparently, it says only one video remains of the film that the production company has broadcast through the CNN channel. So I don't think this uh, tremendous. This is available anywhere. Uh, it says because of numerous productions, the independent project was sh- uh, shoot was moved from Miami to Mexico. Uh, the film was never released on any format due to on any format due to legal action. Initiated by Sylvester Stallone, who did a cameo in the film as a favor to his brother. He claims that the promotion reel used his scene excessively, therefore was promoting him as the star instead of the cameo that he had agreed upon. He sued for $20 million, and the producers countersued. It was settled out of court and was never released. Typical Frank Stallone, common Frank Stallone ill. (laughs) That's the most... That's the most exactly what it is thing I've ever heard. That's tremendous. That's insane. Um, let's see if this is. Yeah, it doesn't seem like this is available anywhere. So yeah, so we he, have been robbed. Yeah. We have been robbed by so many great uh, Andrew Dice Clay uh, performances, uh, and we're probably the only people other than. Andrew Dice Clay himself, who are upset about this. We are the only people who have said this other than Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's come back to uh, to what little we have to say about Brain Smasher Love Story. Yeah. Uh, this it, is such a nothing movie. <laughs> like, this movie is so weird. It's a bit... It's quite weird. It's weird, and it's weird in ways that I I'm not familiar with movies being weird mm-hmm. um, and that might be due well, to the, that might be due to the fact that outside of this podcast I've seen four movies in my entire life yeah but it's also like it's just like the pacing is off everything yeah. feels like just slightly not quite what it should be doing Everything I think, is, yeah. weirdly, the technical aspects for being direct-to-video, it is an astonishingly, like, well-shot yeah. film. Like, yeah. I think uh, it it is uh, the, the cinematography and, like, the <clears throat> editing and even, like, the fights are quite good. Yeah. Like, it has, it has good, like, martial arts sequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this all will make sense why it is like this once we get into Albert Pune. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is like a very capably put together movie. It looks like um, a movie. It is. Maybe we should also like for a future episode just like watch one of his like more acclaimed movies <laughs> to give him a fair shake. But I do want to see. Uh, I do want to see uh, Nemesis or Radioactive Dreams. Like those seem really weird uh, in a maybe more enjoyable way. <laughs> But uh, it is like that's one of the first weird things I noticed about this movie is that it is like shockingly well made. Yeah, and the the other thing that it reminds me of is like uh, this is and this is a reference that might be controversial, but it reminds me a bit of like a Walter Hill movie. Um, who uh, Walter Hill did the Warriors and just like a bunch of like uh, B movies like in the seventies and eighties. Uh, he did one movie called Streets of Fire, uh, which has a similar vibe to this in that uh, 
that's a that's a better that's a better movie like a more interesting movie aesthetically but i had the same feeling watching that one as that it uh it's a movie that um sorry i just had like a window open here that distracted me for a second <laughs> what was i saying yeah streets of fire is is a movie where i was also like yeah this is this should be incredibly enjoyable like right. i should have a great time but i'm just bored yeah there were like very, the aesthetic yeah. was just not enough and the weirdness was just not enough to keep me entertained exactly it's it's <sighs> they're like there are really long stretches of it where i was just bored and yeah. I had to, like, open up a game just to, like, keep my brain going for a while while it was running. But then there were also points where I was really into it and I was really enjoying it. And then there were also parts where I was just going, oh, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> this, is, this isn't good. Like, and I can kind of, like, I can pretty cleanly divide those up. You know, like, when I'm yeah. engaged... It's when Dice Man. It's when I'm when I'm bored. It's the action scenes because like they're good and they're well shot, but they don't hold my attention because they go. It's on not too interesting long. enough. It's like not, they're yeah. very they're very samey. Yeah, uh, and, and it doesn't uh, it doesn't have the thing where it's like uh, it's just not. If this movie was like this is why I want to give like Abu Pune a, a fair shot because I I I, I genuinely feel like if this movie were like. 20% more unhinged, I would be really yeah. into it. But it just doesn't exactly. quite get there. Like, it's yeah. just uh, just not crazy enough that it ends up just being mostly uninteresting. Like, I, another comparison is a movie I, I, I saw relatively recently, uh, like last month, called The Heroic Trio, which is a Johnny Toe movie. And it and that's, that's a movie that has, like, a plot I wouldn't be able to tell you, but it's just fucking <laughs> insane. Like, it has... Uh, it has baby kidnappings that turn out to be like it it has like the 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 protagonists like the heroes of the movie commit like child murder for reasons that they then explain as being good because they were evil (laughs) children like stuff like that i love that (laughs) that just keeps escalating up until to where the protagonist like come back comes back as a goop (laughs) terminal Like, this is what this movie needed. Yeah. It needed to, because I think it started out great. Like, the first 20, 30 minutes are like, this is great. And then it just doesn't manage to keep escalating that. Right. It just stays at the same level. And that, that, that just loses me. Right. Like, and they have so many good opportunities for it. You know, they have, like, they could do some shit where, like, there's the scene kind of towards the beginning where there's, like, a big chase scene inside the nightclub and they have the band playing. The music is bizarre. Um, we'll talk about the music, but, um... Yeah. <laughs> the, um but, like, they could have done something with the band. And, like, they almost get there. There are, like, parts during this whole scene where, you know, people are dying on stage. Um, people are getting shot. There's Shaolin yeah. monks... And the band just keeps playing, but like it's never they don't do anything with it. It's not it's never like they don't call attention to it in a way that like would make it into something. Um There's there's this whole thing where like the MacGuffin of the movie is this flower that's supposed to you know impart ancient Chinese vampire times power. Um 
And they could have done something with that. They could have made it so that, like, the main bad guy, like, you know, gets some of it and he gets some wacky, bizarre powers. And then you have funny Brain Smasher, who just, like, I don't know, if he punches him in the face, it, like, maybe that does defeat him. Maybe that's the weak point of becoming a god, is you get punched in the face by the Dice Man. Yeah. If I were a god and the Dice Man punched me in the face, I would give up. <laughs> um, it, they don't, they just, there's nothing, they don't do anything. It's not cartoony enough. Ford Fairlane was plenty cartoony. This has yeah. none of that. And it needs it. Yeah, it needs and, it so and, bad. And Ford, Ford Fairlane had like an attention <laughs> to detail and like a world yeah. that was like way more intriguing than this. Like mm-hmm. this movie, if you want to see a... The other thing about this movie is that if you want to see a good version of exactly this movie, then you should watch Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> like, like, uh, the, 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 a John Carpenter movie. This is like that, but Kurt Russell's character is Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's all just like done in like way less, in a way less interesting way. But because uh, <laughs> the, the concept of this is... Uh, Again, something that could be really, that is really fun if John Carpenter does it, <laughs> <laughs> because the concept of this is um, on paper a fun concept of mm-hmm. uh, in uh, modern day Portland, Oregon. Of there all the is... places, <laughs> why is it? Why is, why, it is Port- it? why is it Portland, Oregon? Like, why does why does Andrew Dice Clay have Andrew Dice Clay voice? Yeah, <laughs> accent when he's in Portland, and he's like supposed to be. It's it seems like it's portraying him as like somebody who's always like he's a hometown boy. He's always been in Portland. Nobody in Portland talks like this. The fuck? What Portland is this? And there is no reason for the movie to right? be specifically in Portland. Like that's such a weird. It's it feels like Albert Pune got like it feels like he got the like permits to film in Portland and he was so grateful for it that he like mm-hmm. changed the movie to like honor and respect Portland to like give them props for letting him make his yeah. his silly little movie there. <laughs> it's so weird. It, there's no reason for it to be Portland. Um <sighs> I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You were uh, kind of like recapping the whole thing, but it's 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 it's. I mean, that's all there is to say. Like, oh, oh no, I didn't finish. Like the idea that import that Portland uh, in Portland, Oregon, there are uh, Shaolin monks who uh, want to like find like a magical artifact. So it's like pulling these two types of. Or like genres of movie, uh, in like or like these two like worlds into one. Like mm-hmm. that can be a fun concept. Yeah, it just doesn't quite escalate. Like it just doesn't go beyond that, or it doesn't go go beyond uh, doing anything. Yeah, interesting with it, or yeah. like even entertaining. It doesn't do- like you have a band of Shaolin monks who dress like the Undertaker, and there's, there's nothing about them. They're, they're so nothing. There's, like, one who, like, 
keeps growling like a tiggy, I guess, yeah. <laughs> for some reason. But that never goes anywhere. That's never a thing. Um, there's a part there's... where, like, the landlady, like, punches one of them in in the dicky, but he ain't got no dicky. Um, but then that's nothing also. Um, yeah. <laughs> what? There's so many things that are just nothing. And I don't know why. Why is there, why is it nothing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, there is exactly one joke that they keep doing, mm-hmm. which is that all the characters, the being dumb Americans, uh, mistake them for ninjas and call them ninjas. And they always say, we're not ninjas, we're Shaolin monks. Yep. Uh, And that is funny the first, like, two or three times. It's not funny anymore the 15th time. (laughs) It's definitely not funny anymore the 43rd time. It happens every time they're on screen. Every time they're on, they show up, yeah. And it has exactly one scene where it gets subverted, which is uh, when we see... um, Andrew Dice Clay's parents, uh, and yeah. in the scene before that, him and uh, Terry Hatcher uh, tell them that um, that uh, they're being chased by ninjas, and they're like, "That's just that's bullshit. That can't be <coughs> true. Uh, there's no such thing." And this girl is suspicious anyway. She doesn't even know your last name. Why are you bringing a girl home? Uh, who, you know, it's it's being, mm-hmm. like, parents being, like, not liking the girl who's bringing home, I guess, even though yeah. it's, like, funny comedy misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And then the Shaolin monks show up after they already left, and, uh, and the dad says, yeah, I told you they can't be ninjas because they clearly speak Chinese, and ninjas are Japanese. Yeah. So that's the one moment where the joke gets subverted, or where the punchline gets like where the setup gets like a you know comedic mm-hmm. different punchline and every other time after that which it happens a billion times again it just goes back to not doing anything with that it it happens it keeps happening it does not <laughs> it albert Pune thinks it's the funniest shit in the world <laughs> and it's like dude yeah but not not when you do it 600 times <laughs> relax <laughs> he is being the being the bird at stand-up comedy and <laughs> everyone is shouting to uh, g- come up with some new material but all his note cards says not ninjas yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking <sighs> Terry like, Hatcher and that's, the, huh? and that's the main comedic beat of the movie right yeah. and mm-hmm. I they have such a talented comedian. Andrew Dice Clay <laughs> is right there. Let him cook. <laughs> they just never let him do any of the comedy. Let him like, co- I am begging you to let him cook. The the only f- the only fun parts of him or the only funny parts of uh, of of things he's doing is like right at the very start where he introduces the movie and he does like a voiceover and talks to the camera that's kind of funny yeah. <clears throat> which um, they, they do, which they don't do anything with cuz it doesn't come back <laughs> in the end do it. it doesn't come back 
Smash my fucking head against the wall. That's why they call it Brain Smasher, because I'm banging my head on the wall. (sighs) And then (sighs) there's, um... There's another, uh... Comedic beat that I thought was kind of funny at first, uh, was, uh, when he's he's being, like, a nightclub bouncer, and he's beating up some guy, and then, like, one bystander is like, that's why they call him the Brain Smasher! (laughs) Ha ha ha! He's, like, doing a big evil laugh for no reason, like, that was (laughs) funny. That was fun. But make more of make more of him being the brain smasher, you know. Like please, the, he has a coat called the brain smasher, and then for most of the movie, it doesn't matter. Like I guess it's kind of funny that his parents are like being like nice, uh, y- you know, overbearing parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. When fu- he is like a hardcore guy, but it's just not enough, man. It's not enough. There's and there's so many ways that you could like. I hate to see it, but there's themes. There's themes in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. there's this whole thing that they cut, that they go to like a few times of like. So Terry Hatcher's character is a is a model, and then um, Dice Man is the brain smasher. He's this bouncer, you know, and they have this like kind of similarity where people just think they're stupid all the time, um, and that's. So people, like, underestimate them and their ability to think things through and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting that to be something, you know? I was ex- expecting them to go somewhere with that, and they kind of don't. And his name is... He's Brain Smasher! Like, he's you know? Brain Smasher! Like, what... That's the most dumb meathead name for a thing ever. Like, you could capitalize on that thematically. And they don't. And... <laughs> the, it, <laughs> There's there's so many possibilities and it's like it's like they said choreograph the fight scenes here's your paycheck you know it, <laughs> they 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 could have tried it feels yeah. like they were almost trying almost trying like they had it on their to-do list but they never got around to it and then like after the movie came out they're like oh yeah we were gonna do that oh well Uh, terry hatcher is bad oh she sucks she's fucking awful (laughs) (laughs) she's so bad this was um (sighs) this was pretty early in her career i think mm-hmm. this was before she was a big name on tv yeah um <laughs> this was in 1993 uh i think this is for her first like big star or like main role uh yeah you know she was like a relatively she was like a bigger role i guess in uh, tango and cash mm-hmm. um but uh yeah she was uh in tomorrow never dies later which which sucks <laughs> uh, she was one of the bond uh, yeah. love interests um and she then eventually spy kids. <laughs> she wasn't spy kids she eventually <laughs> ended up oh this was before before uh tomorrow never dies she was the she was lois in lois and clark mm mm-hmm. mhm uh, and then eventually got, she got a lead role in Desperate Housewives. I have not seen that show. I haven't either. Like, 
how is she, I I don't know how she would end up being like good enough to be a lead. <laughs> yeah, because there's just zero like charisma or like no no chemistry between the two leads. Mm-mm. Um, which uh, Dice had great chemistry with like everyone in Fort Fairlane. So yeah, it's like it's not like he he he's like he's a charisma hole or anything or right. like he can't have like chemistry with people there's just like nothing here yeah it's not his fault yeah the 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 the, the titular love story of brain smasher love story like the love story i have is just nothing like it's stupid it feels like it insists like to borrow a phrase from peter griffin it insists upon itself <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. wants it keep it wants the love story to happen so bad and it it's got no business happening. We got no business having a love story. This movie takes place over one night. Yes. And they are deeply in love by the end of it. <laughs> they they're like willing to I mean, sacrifice it's... the world for each other basically. It's played <laughs> It's played a bit for comedy, but not enough. Right, like that's like everything else. Like it can, yeah, it can't decide whether it wants to wants us to believe that this is a genuine love story, mm-hmm. or whether it. Um, sorry, I just scrolled down. Terry had just plays uh, Wikipedia page and said Hatcher endorsed Democratic primary candidate Andrew <laughs> Yang. <laughs> I saw that. It's just so wild that, that, like, watching Fort Fairlane and this, if you asked me, like, which, if if Andrew Dice Clay or uh, Terry Hatcher is gonna have the bigger career after this, I, or, like, the successful career, I would not have said Terry Hatcher. Right. Uh. She is terrible. She, like, she's got the problem that characters have a lot where a lot of the dialogue that they're given is exposition Mm -hmm. um and i don't know how to describe this it feels sometimes like the exposition dialogue that she's given is meant to be a joke in some way Mm -hmm. But I can't tell if that's actually the case or if the dialogue is, the, the, the expositional dialogue is poorly written or if I don't get the joke or if it's not funny or <laughs> if it's just her being bad. I don't know. Fuck me if I can diagnose why it's bad. It's so bad. It's like that's all I'm left with is it's so bad. It she's is. so bad. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah, she's easily the worst part. <sighs> like the the main guy of the Shaolin monks who apparently has like worked in a bunch of other movies with Albert Pugh and is probably he's apparently one of his regulars. Uh he's fun. Like He's fine. He is, you know, he's playing that role as well as you could. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the parents are good. 
Dice is good. Mm-hmm. It's really, you know, Terry Hatcher's sister is fine. Yeah. It's it really is her who is like just sticks out. Uh, all the by the way, all the because watch it on YouTube. It was uploaded by uh, the movie man in brackets rare and hard to find films. Shout out yeah, to shout this out. channel. Um, huge help because this movie is this movie is uh, was released direct to video uh, and has since then not been released to it has only been released to dvd on australia i think great yep uh let me check if i remember that right yes australia and and the united kingdom okay uh but yeah it's it has uh there had there has been no like us or you know european dvd releases or anything it's uh i can't imagine it's up on like any uh, of your regular streaming services. So. Yeah. <laughs> it, and I'm going to be completely real with you. Oh, I forgot to say what I was going to say about the YouTube upload. Sorry, I was just oh, going to yeah, say. Yeah. So it was uploaded to YouTube by this channel. And um, all the, like half the comments on it just talk about how how smoking hot Terry Hatcher in this is in this movie. <sighs> Like she's cute. <laughs> it's like, I guess. And like, for what? Why are we here? Why are you here? That is not a necessary comment to make. <laughs> I do like this one comment by cousin Jeb seven one one six, saying uh, it's a six up votes, and and they say. Uh, I can only hope to one day do something as important, vital, as and significant as posting a video like this for free. <laughs> and then the one reply under this says, reality check. <laughs> oh, there's a there's a big review on like one YouTube commenter decided to give a full review here in the comments. Um, Jason Larson ninety two seventy two saying, Shut up. "I used to watch this on cable and I always liked it. It's just crazy silly fun and damn entertaining. Terry Hatcher is gorgeous and funny here. Why? I always liked Andrew Dice Clay. I liked his stand up. I like his active, and I'm a massive fan of his movie, The Adventures of Fort Fairlane. I think it's an underrated gem. I watch it a lot. All one sentence. Was a long sentence." <laughs> Plus, you have Brian James and Tim Thomason as the two cops. I love both of them and love it whenever they work together with an A, <laughs> which has been numerous times. <laughs> and then it like goes on and on. Uh, uh, and the end saying, another flick showing why your channel rocks. Great movies that are hard to find and great quality. Anyone who reads this, do yourself a fl- favor, like and subscribe to this channel. It's pure gold. So shout out to the movie man. <laughs> shout out to the movie man. I want to see what other movies he has here. It's like similar shit. Yeah, it's like, all yeah. This is this is a all... lot of them I have never heard. It does have one of the other uh, Abbott Pugh movies uh, on here. Stewardess have, School. Uh, Honeymoon has Academy. Hot Resort, nineteen eighty five. 
Lady uh, Avenger. Ostua that's cool <laughs> looks great. Ah, <laughs> uh, Night Trap, <sighs> Honeymoon Academy. Bash? Yep. Meatball Three sweat. Summer Job. <laughs> The adve- what the fuck? The Adventures of Galgameth. What? What the fuck? The check is in the mail looks great. Purple People Eater 1988. <laughs> you could literally make a podcast just watching movies from this channel. Uh I think we gotta. Fuck this yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? I've had about enough of sickos. I want to see we what We could. They... I mean, they... I... Give me an excuse to watch Ravenhawk. Do we want to do that next episode? We could. I can't... <laughs> I can't... That's... Better than anything else we could possibly Oh my god, watch. it has Midnight Ride starring Mark Hamill? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh... Maybe Movie Man is the real sickle. <laughs> Blood and Donuts. This looks great. Offbeat starring Judge Reinhold. <laughs> Alright. You want to pick a movie? From these that you want to watch next episode. I don't know who's in this. It has no information in the screen cap. But there's one right next to Brain Smasher actually. Called Meet the Apple Gates. And it's oh, yeah, like a I... sub... What the fuck is that? Uh, hang on. I I feel like I saw that a second ago. And I scrolled past it again. Um, God. Meet... The Apple Gates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, do you, can you describe what this what this thumbnail is? I scrolled past it again. I don't see it now. God oh, there damn we go. It. It, there, yeah. Okay, I I I I am there yet. It looks like a fucking American Gothic type, uh, like suburban landscape, uh, yeah. with like a house, uh-huh. and a family is standing in front of it. Um. And uh, it's uh, you know some I think like a like a guy in a in like a vest, uh, two uh, two women in like per- pink, uh, what are these like outfits, uh, yeah, and like, like a child like a boy. Uh, I have yeah. to assume it's like a family, and they have a dog in the hand, and all four of them has like have like huge uh, <laughs> like what's the what's the thing like bug antennae at yeah. their head. On their heads. What the fuck is this? Meet Modeling the themselves after an idyllic gates. cookie cutter suburban 1950s family, a colony of giant praying mantises moved from South America into the United States with the intent of getting access to the nation's nuclear resources. What the fuck? Starring Ed <laughs> Begley Jr., Stalker Ed Channing. Begley Jr. Oh my god. 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Great. It was met with mixed reception. <laughs> you don't say. I'm not sure I would call that mixed. It's mixed between bad and very bad. <laughs> Alright. 
Let's we're pivoting Sicko and Ebert. <laughs> we're not watching casual sex. We're gonna watch channel movies from the, the movie from man. uploaded by the movie man as long as we don't get bored of this. This is insane. <laughs> New concept. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, if there is There's mm. If What? If there is another Albert Pune movie on here, which you said there is. There um, is. Radioactive Dreams is on here. Radioactive Dreams. Okay. Do you want to, like, pivot? You want to watch that one? Let's watch that one. Okay, let's watch that one. We can still watch Mid the Apple Gates after that. Yeah. Um, I mean... Okay, no. I think... Let's, let's watch Radioactive <laughs> Dreams. That, that's, that yeah. looks like a lot of fun. We're splitting the difference, Okay. Yeah. We're, I mean, we can still be Sicko and Ebert because uh, we're going to watch... Uh, these are definitely Sicko movies. Oh, yeah. It's just uh, a different... Ti- I feel like this is a, these are probably all, like, direct-to-video stuff. <laughs> they have to be. Uh, they have to be. There's no God. way... There's no way uh, fucking Lady Avenger came out in theaters. <laughs> You cannot tell me. You cannot tell me that The Adventures of Galgameth 1996 was in theaters. (laughs) This has the most insane thumbnail. (laughs) Like. (sighs) There's like a guy. I'm very excited. This is insane. The, the, The thumbnail for The Adventures of Galgameth has like, it's all fire. The title is in, like, a, a, a font where it looks like it's made out of metal. There's, like, a big dragon head um, of some type, some manner of beast. And there's a guy who looks like he's dressed like he works in a Kinko's holding up a sword. <laughs> he's got on khakis and, like, a dress shirt. What is happening insane like that's that that's that's like one of the most deranged like movie posters i've seen of anything these movies i refuse to believe these movies are real <laughs> these movies these are ai generated movies oh we're gonna have to watch them the, these are all like pretty much exactly 90 minutes so that's another uh yeah uh, another big positive um Fantastic. Uh, do we wanna? Is there anything else we have to say about Brain Smasher? Um, like, I feel like we've. I, there was pro. There, I think. I think there was some thought I did not finish, but it doesn't matter. Um, um, I mean, are we gonna talk about? Are we moving on to talk about Albert Albert Pune or? Um, I have some things to. There, there's some things we have to talk about, yeah. even though we'll watch his. I mean, we'll, we'll watch Radioactive Dreams, so we can talk more about right. him there. But this is, this this is a really interesting guy. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, let me let me let me read the first two sentences of his his Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um his Wikipedia entry. Um Albert Pune, May 19th, 1953 to November 26th, 2022 rip. 
was an American film director who made low-budget B-movies and direct-to-video action films. The Independent Film Channel said that Pune has carved out a unique niche as a director of low-budget, high-concept genre films starring actors past their prime, adding that others believe this is a charitable description for Mm -hmm. Pune, who has also been derided as the new Ed Wood. Which is also like no no shade on Edward. Uh, Edward was like I think Edward gets a gets a bad rap. Yeah, I did also think that you were heading into saying this is awesome. Yeah, right. Like that's just that's that is the new Edward is like something you want to be. Like that is a good. This guy rocks. Like his biography is insane. Yeah. Um, he was born in he was born in Hawaii. He is indigenous, as far as I can tell. Um, but uh, he has uh, he has lived on bases around the world until his father settled in Hawaii. Um, went to school in Kailua, a small town on the windward side of Oahu. Uh, was shooting movies there, like eight millimeter and sixteen millimeter uh, movies. Uh, and then it says, while in high school, he worked in a number of production houses in Honolulu uh, before receiving an invitation by the Japanese actor Toshido Mifune. Right? <laughs> to travel to Japan for an internship. How did that happen? How the fuck did that happen? I need to check the... I need to check. I need well, to look at the One of the sources is uh, in Spanish. Green. Um, but the other one is uh, is like an interview with him, so I guess he. Yeah, what the fuck? This doesn't. There's an interview here where he. Uh... Yeah, but he doesn't talk about like what led to it. I need to know. What... Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just when I was 18, I was invited to Japan by the great Japanese actor Toshiro Mifune. But at that time, Mifune was working with Kurosawa on, a, on the prep for what became Dersu Uzala. My experience was limited to a few weeks of that prep. That's it! That's that's a few weeks with Akira Kurosawa. <laughs> like, that, that is an insane way to get into or to learn filmmaking. And honestly, respect. It's... So he learned from... From Toshiro Mifune, from Akira Kurosawa, uh, some the fuck and, uh, and the Takao Saito, who was a DP <coughs> on like several Kurosawa movies. So this explains why this movie is very well shot, I guess. <laughs> um, and then like he he went on like as as they say in the IFC thing, like he's known for working with. Actors past his prime, and this is one of those things. Like as much as we got mad at this movie doing the, doing the dice man dirty, I think that <laughs> in the grandest scheme of things, this is another thing that 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 is that really rocks about him. Like because he they they ask him in one of the interviews I looked at. Oh yeah, this is the one, the IFC interview, where they um he talks about a movie. Uh, So there's a, there's a question here. You went through a period in the 90s where you were making some pretty gritty films, usually featuring rap stars. He says there weren't many rap movies being made. I think Mean Guns was the first pairing of the traditional action here. In this case, Christopher Lambert with a rapper, which was Ice-T. 
um, and they made a lot more movies after that. So I guess he was an innovator in that regard. <laughs> uh, just like, Ice-T is now on fucking Law and Order, or what, what is he on? I don't fuck. who cares? One, one of those, one of those cop shows. Yeah. Um, what? <laughs> One of the shows of that nature. And then the and then the question says, um, "You mentioned the pairing of Ice T and Christopher Lambert, who I know is in this film as well. How do you go about casting?" Then he says, first to find the story that I want, and then look around for what would be the most interesting on a limited budget, because I'm always on a limited budget. Generally, it's pretty risky because they're not things that people normally would imagine. I did a film called Brain Smasher." Where I had Terry Hatcher and Andrew Dice Clay. That was a weird sort of mix. <laughs> you don't say! I try not to think too much about the commercial side of things, just who would make the most interesting casting combination. That's why a lot of the casts for my movies have been pretty weird, pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so she's just like, who, whichever actor is available for cheap, Yep. Who is still like something that will turn heads that he's in this movie or that they're in this movie. <laughs> Which is honestly like a pretty cool approach. Like I, I, I respect that. <laughs> yeah, I have to uh, that's 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 giving the auteurs respect. Yeah. That warrants. I mean the he's respect. definitely like as much as I don't think this movie was very good, <laughs> it uh-huh. it definitely comes across that this is like an auteur working here. Oh yeah. This is he's he's doing him, and I have no choice but to respect that. <laughs> <laughs> <He's>... um, <laughs> so that was one of the things I definitely wanted to talk about. Like that, it, it, there's a very clear sp- explanation to why, um, why he, uh, why the cast is so weird. <laughs> Right. Yeah, why the movie is like that. Uh, why movie like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's another interview I found where he talks a bit more... Uh, where he just it was disorienting uh, when he uh, interned uh, with Kurosawa because he spoke no Japanese. So he was just, like, looking at what they were doing. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, what a, what a crazy life. He you mentioned last episode, he passed away last year. Uh, right. He was, uh, he was apparently like on hospice for a while, mm. um, and he he did a call out like a couple of weeks before he passed away for people to send him like video, fan videos or anything to cheer him up, uh, and Red Letter Red Letter Media did like a tribute video for him. Mm-hmm around that time like came out like a day before he passed away so that's that's pre- that's quite sweet i yeah. i think that is a very respectable way to go out yeah like he's clearly someone who did who had the, you know like a turn like he had the career he wanted i think yeah <laughs> uh he also Say just made will. a fuck ton of movies, like just in the nineties. Like mm-hmm. there was a time in nineteen ninety three, he made three movies. In ninety four, he made two. In ninety five, two, one, two, three, four, five movies. In nineteen ninety six, like that's <laughs> that's crazy. That's fucking crazy. He was just. I, I think he was just like 
compulsively making movies and just like made them on whatever terms he got them made that's why he, that's why so many of them went direct to video yeah like uh he I, I saw him talk about this in one of the one of the interviews that uh yeah i did like when you know in the 70s there were a limited number of movies that could got could get made and with like direct to video it just like opened up possibilities to um to get more movies done mm-hmm. uh you know more quickly um, he's yeah he's absolutely at, doing it for the love of the game yeah it's looking at this this wikipedia list on uh the uh the, the section for 90s just lists like who was in the cast of his movies and it is truly insane like <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of them here. Uh, well, he did Mean Guns with Christopher Lambert and Ice-T. We mentioned that. Uh, and then uh, Nights with Chris Christopherson, Kathy Long, and Lance Hendrickson. Um, which other has... Which which one has other... Christopher Lambert was in a couple more movies. Postmortem with Charlie Sheen. Crazy Six with Rob Lowe, Mario Van Peebles, and Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Omega Doom with Ratka Hauer and Shannon Worry. Uh, oh Arcade God. with Megan Ward, Seth Green. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, Billings maybe Seth Green. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I think it probably gave, like, a lot of people their, like, start. Like, their, like, first mm-hmm. role. Because he, he would just cast, like, anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, this must have been, like, one of the first... Uh, yeah, it's 1993, so this must have been, like, one of Seth Green's first roles. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, which one? I think Cyborg that he did, which is, like, one of his most popular ones. Like, one of the ones that that kind of got big was also uh, one of the first movies with John claude Van Damme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Stars as Gibson Rickenbacker. <laughs> that rules. Yeah, this was uh this was one of his first like main roles. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> a true You know, a true auteur. True auteur. One of the real ones. Realist of the real ones. <laughs> Um, and I think, oh, I wanted to talk about one more thing, um, mm-hmm. because this drove me crazy. Uh, we <laughs> talked last episode, we talked about Paulie Shore's website. Yeah. And, um, specifically his, uh, project in the works, huh. stuck in the hood. Now, if you, would you mind going polyshore.com now? I kind of would, but I will. Oh, it <laughs> stuck in the hood no longer exists. It's gone. It's, it's fucking gone. gone. I, I, I did find it on the Wayback Machine. So if we want to come back to it one day, it is not lost forever. But for whatever reason, he decided he would <laughs> remove that from his website. If you Google Polish or stuck in the hood now, some of the images will still come up because I think it Google's cache. But mm-hmm. you, they, they all lead to dead links. 
Uh, there is a new header on the top saying Krusty Crew Fan Club. <laughs> Coming soon. And if you click on that, yeah, there's nothing there. It just says Krusty Crew Fan Club membership coming soon. Uh, I did find one more thing on his projects page. Oh, no. So if you click on projects, it first it like does the obvious things, which is Pinocchio is up here. Yep. Uh, he mentions all the articles about him going viral, including the Rolling Stone one, where they claimed he accidentally became a Gen Z LGBTQ icon. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you scroll down, there's his stand-up, there's uh, Polish Shore and the Krusties is here, uh, the YouTube thing, his YouTube channel. Scroll down even more, Guest House, the movie he did a couple of years ago with Chris Kattan, uh, mm-hmm. and Steve-O. Steve-O. Uh, it says, we're gonna have to watch this at one point. Um, yeah. And then there's something called Pauly Shore is quarantined with his ex on Maui. Full series, all 12 episodes. I want to read the description here. In March 2020, before the shit really hit the fan, Polly took shit off being to Maui censored. with his... Yeah, yeah. Polly took off to Maui to start his quarantine. Since he wasn't able to do his stand-up shows or random rants podcast, he came up with a scripted series for you guys called Polly Shore is Quarantined with His Ex on Maui. His friends David and Asha jumped on it, and away they went. How would you like to be stuck with your ex? The series now lives in, s- in one sequence that's 53 minutes long. Back-to-back episodes. Please enjoy. Binge watch it, bros. With four Zs. The cast includes Polly Shore, Eric Griffin, Ian Edwards, Kate Quigley, Jeff Ross, Chris Kattan, Michael Rappaport, Chris, uh, Kirk Fox, Punky Johnson, Max Bumgarner, Asha Love, and Bill. Little Larry David DeCillian. Chris Kattan is not doing great. <laughs> Chris Kattan is in some dire circumstances. <laughs> Stuck in quarantine with Polly Shore in Maui, I guess. <laughs> Polly Shore is quarantined with his Chris Kattan on Maui. There is this. Uh, this looks like the worst thing ever. Yeah. Like just from the description, from like scrolling through it, it. I don't think this is very well done. Um, I it think fills me if, with dread. Yes. <laughs> I. I think one thing that we could do, if we find time for it, we could do a stream where we watch this and try to see how far we get into it until it becomes, <laughs> like, horrible. Uh, I, I like be... that, I like that. Because I, I don't want to, like, do a proper episode on this. Uh, or I, I Look, I don't want to sit down and watch this on my own. <laughs> Right, yeah, I'm not. Doing but if this we by set myself. up like if we set up like a Twitch stream for for this, uh, I I I think that could be a fun idea. I'm into it. Uh, I'm very so that's, into it. That's all. I I I can say about my. Oh, the last thing is that just just as a proof to how he fought, he fell like just within the last ten years. <laughs> is that if you scroll down even more apparently he had like a podcast a Polish Shore podcast show mm-hmm. that's what his podcast was called but this was in like wasn't that long ago the last episode was four years ago so a couple of years ago and this one actually had like he managed to get some big guests on this like it has one of your on one of your this... favorite people is in this list of people. Fred Durst was on it. <laughs> uh, T 
Tia Carrera was on it. Uh, Chris Catan, of course. Fucking Judd Apatow and Bob Saget. Dexter Holland of the Offspring. <laughs> like, how did he? What the hell? How did he fall like so much just in the last five years? <laughs> like from having Judd Apatow on your podcast show on YouTube to not having anyone to want to join in your band in LA. That's that is miserable. <laughs> There's some dark shit going on in Polly Shore's life. Something is desperately wrong. Something Things is fucked in the state bad. of Polly. <laughs> Something's rotten in the state of Polly. This is genuinely distressing. It is. Like I I don't have any other words on this. Like this is just so sad. This is It's alarming. Like if 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 this can happen Like if this can happen to Polly Shore, this could happen to anybody. This is waiting for anybody <laughs> to happen. <laughs> this is This is frightening. Like what what happened? I need I mean, to know is, what happened. And it's a different kind of downfall than like because uh, just compare that to like I think Paul Shore's downfall he's like you know how like at the beginning of this podcast we're talking about how Paul Shore has faded so much in relevancy that he is not even like not even a punchline anymore. Yeah. Like even the joke of Polly Shore as a punchline has gone. Yes. Like that's the dark places where where he ended up with. Like just to and and to be fair, Chris Catan seems to be in a very similar boat. Um But if you compare it to like anyone who came like just a couple of years after him, where they would be like I think that's the problem is that he's from a generation where like People who were into his shtick and would have continued to be with it, aged with him. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at someone like, um, I always forget his name. I mentioned him on this podcast, Dane Cook. <laughs> he has also faded in relevancy yeah. since then, but he has gone a much more traditional way where he is now showing up. On like these men podcasts, like these yeah. guy podcasts, like not Joe Rogan, but like second rate Joe Rogans, where he will yeah. like talk about like Manosphere stuff. He will talk like mm-hmm. in the same, like you know, in an off brand Joe Rogan way. Yeah, will talk is he'll talk about stuff like that, and that has happened to a ton of people from that generation. That is also very dark, but that is something that. I think we are more conditioned to as a society to see mm-hmm. happen, like people ending up on Joe Rogan and like less <laughs> versions of that. Yeah. Like to go on this kind of like manosphere, uh, dark, you know, alpha hole. Yeah. And what happens to Polly Shore is like more 
on one hand it makes it makes you not hate him as much like it is morally less bad for society (laughs) but at the same time it is also just so much more sad like it's so much more I don't know because it's like Polly. Polly could never do that. He could never end up on no. like a a Joe Rogan Manosphere type of thing because he's he's never been that. He's always he's the weasel. Yeah. You can't you can't become alpha male doing all of that when you're the weasel. Otherwise, you end up like Carrot Top, where <laughs> you're on roids but you're still Carrot Top. Yeah. You know and. So Paulie doesn't have that option. Like, even if he fully threw himself into it, even if he, like, genuinely deep in his heart believed some of that shit, he could never do it because he's Paulie Shore. And so he has no niche to fall back on. The best he can do is podcasts. (laughs) And even that he does badly. (laughs) He doesn't do it right! The Paulie Shore podcast show! Like it's so shit. Like the Polish Shore podcast <laughs> is like the Polish Shore podcast show that he did like did like many years, like several years ago. That had like the big names are also all like eight minute episodes, and then he also has his like Polly's rants or whatever they're called on YouTube, in which he just like films himself, the camera. Sometimes Chris Kattan hangs out with him, but it is just like truly unwatchable stuff. Like he's. And it's weird because, like, he was, like, when used well in Encino Man and uh, Son-in-Law, he was, uh, you know, he was entertaining. Yeah. But he just ended up being this, and it's, 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 it's kind of hard to put it into words, but I think he, he either, like, He just, he just doesn't manage to, like, fully not give a shit. Like, it feels like he still cares Mm -hmm. enough to, like, want to be liked. Yeah. Like, he, he just doesn't manage to be, like, chill. Right. Like, someone like Sinbad, like, nobody talks about, like, Sinbad anymore, but he seems just, like, completely chill at this point. Like, he just doesn't care. Right. Like, he could just, like live off of money he clearly has. Yeah. He's, like, really trying. He's just... It's just, like, really sad to see, like, an old man be, like, still... be a tryhard, but completely fail to, like, actually be entertaining. That's exactly what it is. You hate to see this... You hate to see this happen to a man. Yeah. It's... (laughs) He... That really is what it is. He's really... He's in... He's still trying, and it's like... You... Why... Why is he trying? And I don't know, you know, I don't know whether it's because he has, like, squandered his money. Um, I don't know if it's because he, like, never had any money in the first place. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because he just wants to still be doing things. Like, that's probably a good part of it, you know? But... He's like, how old is he? He's in his 50s, 60s, something like that. I think he's in his 50s, but he looks older. He looks rough. <laughs> he looks bad. Um, he's 55 years old. 
he needs he needs to just relax. Yeah. What I want to see is Polly Shore is relaxing on Maui. That's what I that's what that's what he needs to be doing. Polly Shore is retiring in Maui. P- hey. Hmm. Everything we everything I just said. Throw it out of the window. Oh. Polly Shore has been on John Rogan one month ago. God damn it! Actually, two in May twenty twenty three, two million views on this. God damn it, uh, Polly! I, I just found that, like a random clip. Polly Shore on being neighbors with Nicolas Cage on the okay. Joe Rogan show. Okay. This is Joe Rogan experience nineteen hundred eighty one. That's insane that that man makes so much podcasts. This is if. If we make, if we kill collectively in our lifetimes, yes. end up making nineteen hundred podcast episodes, <laughs> I want you to kill me. I want you to come to the states. I will pick you up from the fucking Ronald Reagan Airport or whatever, and I want you to put a yeah. bullet in my head. I want you to brain smash me. If but that's apparently where I not even the first time he was on he was on Rogan. There's a different one from God fucking damn it, Polly, son of a where bitch. he talks about this. This clip is called uh, seven million views. This clip is called Polly Shore gets honest about what went wrong with his movie career. Oh, he does, does he? He does look rough in this video. <laughs> uh this is this is upsetting. <laughs> All of this is so upsetting to hear about. None of this is good. These are bad yeah, I things think, to happen to a person. I think we're gonna have, you know, for a while. I'm I'm good with pivoting to the movie man's uh, <laughs> uploads uh, to to cleanse us a bit from from this bad energy Polly Shore is giving. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're not gonna be free of Polly ever. We're gonna keep coming back to him. No, the the you can never be fully free of Polly Shore. Yeah, that's a demon you can't exercise. But uh, yeah, let's close out this barely discussion of Brain Smasher. Um. Do you have anything else to you want to oh. say in this episode? <laughs> I I mentioned it very <laughs> briefly, and then I was like, "We'll come back to it." The music. Oh yeah. In this movie, <laughs> so we keep getting like music and i'm not sure if the live band i think the live band is the same one doing like a lot of the mm-hmm. the songs that are featured throughout it's um this it's a female singer with a very deep voice yes um there's a there are names at the end in the end credits for yes for i looked all some of them up yeah um a Let lot of them are by the, the same two artists yes so this uh this there's um let's see which one of these repeat forbidden pigs 
yes, Forbidden Pigs is one of the bands. And the other one, the woman with the deep voice, is Madeline von Ritz. Yep. Oh, she seems to be Cronen... Is she German? Is that... Okay, I don't find anything about her. I... Because I looked her up last night. After the movie. There's like a very short documentary about her. Um, I kind of wish I had watched it for this, but I didn't get to. Um, mm. But, like, I, it's the type of music where I can't tell whether okay, or not she's... I think it's bad. <laughs> Apparently she also went by the name of Lynn Castle. Yeah. Uh... Trying to see anything. Yeah, the <laughs> the all music profile says uh, gifted singer and songwriter who fared better as a barber despite help from Jack Mitchell and Lee Hazelwood. Yep. So yeah, it seems like she's done a lot. Uh, yeah, like she worked with a ton of people, but never really. Yeah, uh, never really went big. anywhere. I don't and know it's... why she is also named on a, also has a different name. Yeah. Yeah, but the dog like... about her is called Madeline von Ritz. Is almost famous. Mm-hmm. Um. Which, uh, yeah, makes sense. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> Hates the music. Uh, but yeah. It's like I don't have a lot use, to say about it. The use of it in certain spots in the movie is so cringe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's... It's like very... The lyrics are very, like, emotional and, like, you know pointing towards this like deep romantic arc but it's like dog all you're showing is terry hatcher walking down the street yeah when all i've seen in this movie is terry hatcher being bad like <laughs> i don't know and it's it's just so strange that there's this like extremely obscure artist with this very distinct sound being used again and again and again in this movie, yeah. it's so weird. It's just another thing that makes this movie feel like it was made by an alien. It's so weird. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a lot. Yeah, to the say other, about yeah. it, like yeah, I mean the other the other band that did a lot of music. A, yeah, don't know if there's the other a backstory that d- for it, but yeah, yeah, I w- I was trying to find if there was one, and I wanted to see if you did but i couldn't i guess you haven't either i can't find anything the other band that did a lot of music for it was uh billy bacon and the forbidden pigs yes um lots of tributes to billy bacon because i guess he died recently rip (laughs) rip (laughs) (sighs) tremendous anyway that's about all i can oh this this band actually had like okay (laughs) it Their first album has 
four and a half out of five stars on all music. Okay. Um, it's uh, from San Diego. Um, and they did like... It seems like the early stuff was like more like Americana style. Mm-hmm. And I guess what's playing in the movie is like more uh more bluesy from what I remember. Some of the music in this movie is just weird. It just doesn't yeah. fit. Yeah. It's like it's like Looney Tunes music while Andrew Dice Clay is getting the shit together. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's so weird. This movie is so fucking weird. This movie is weird, and it's like, it's weird for reasons that shouldn't be weird. I don't know. I have no idea how to explain it. We've been talking about this movie for almost an hour and a half, and I have no idea <laughs> how, to, how to describe my experience of watching this movie. It's so strange. It is. Yeah, I I, yeah. I don't have... My brain is completely... <laughs> my brain has been smashed. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you watch yeah. Brain Smash or a love story. <laughs> what a mess. Okay, so I guess, I guess we're pivoting out of Dice Man and towards... Towards, towards whatever movie else. Man. Yeah, let's yeah. see how that treats us. Uh, yeah, we'll and, and then we'll we'll see what direction this show is gonna be going. Uh, yeah, I want to watch. We're gonna watch um, fucking radioactive dreams, and then maybe we'll watch the Applebee's movie. <laughs> Applebee's. <laughs> what was it called? Meet the Applegates. Meet the Applegates. <laughs> Meet the Applebee's. <laughs> honestly. Oh, honestly. Oh, God. All right. This... I got a whole rest of the damn day to get through. <laughs> With my brain like this. You get to go to bed. Yes, my ass, I will. It's... it's... It's quarter to four p.m. for me. <laughs> I like mean, I, I I had to I had to spend the whole day like thinking about this movie or trying to think of something <laughs> to say. So you know, just you got to tell you. I guess. I mean, I watched it last night. Yeah. So I went to bed with it on my brain. Um, I wanna before we end the show, gonna mm-hmm. gonna plug. A new project that's gonna be Ooh. out by this point. Uh, it's a bit of a different type of podcast I'm gonna be part of. Uh, it's uh, a podcast where we're gonna be talking about the X Men comics, uh, Ooh. The, particularly the current ones coming out right now. There's a big, uh, there's a new era gonna is gonna that's gonna start soon. So we're gonna talk about the. In the first episode, we're going to talk about the Destiny of X era and how that shook out, and then we're going to be covering it like as they come out. 
So oh, yeah. uh, it's called Hated and Feared. Uh, maybe we're gonna spell it Hated X Feared because it's about the <laughs> X Men. Uh, I haven't set up the page yet, but uh, I'm gonna put the link in the description. So uh, nice. now that Twitter is completely broke and I have no way <laughs> of promoting my projects, uh, you know, if you have any friends who are into that kind of stuff, you know, uh, check I'll, it out. Let them know. <laughs> I'll uh, I can I can post it on. I'm trying to pivot to Tumblr, so um, oh, that's I a can good, post it over uh, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's all I have going yep. on. That uh, so yeah. Do you have Do you have anything? Uh, do I have anything? No, not really. Uh, I don't know. Um, still doing. St- we we have we have released I think three episodes of Zato Trap House. That's still going. Mm-hmm. Um, hoping to get another one out soon. Uh, I have a. I have a show I'm gonna guest on in a couple of weeks. Um, but I don't know if I want to give it away. Uh, cause I don't know if it's supposed to be a secret, but <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Yep. I guess that's uh, the end the... of the end of dice. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I still want to keep using uh, "unbelievable" as the intro, just because. Because it's good. It, kinda... it goes. It's a good song. So, yeah, we can keep using it. It's a good it. song. Yeah. Okay, we'll find something else. <laughs> I use yeah. it as the intro and the outro because I yeah, yeah. enjoyed it so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> Alright. Well, see you next time. Bye. See you next time. Bye. You're unbelievable.